Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Peter Mansfield, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Daggy Woodman, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. pray lift your hands just pray for yourself for a minute i want us today i want us to pray for ourselves ask the lord to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened that you will know what is the hope of his calling the riches of his, the glory of his inheritance which is in the saints and the resurrection power that he has towards us which he demonstrated when he raised Christ from the dead. Lift up your voice wherever you are. Just pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened today. Pray for yourself right now. Pray for yourself that through God's way, God will draw you close to him. God will draw you close to him. Draw me close. Draw you close Rebando Yes, Lord. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Nothing will take your place to feel the warmth of your The way that will bring me back to you.
Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this blessed opportunity to be in your presence. We pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, that we will know the hope of your calling, the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints, and the resurrection power which you demonstrated towards us when you raised Christ from the dead. Lord, let the entrance of your word bring light and understanding to us today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let your word enter into our spirits and enter into our souls. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory and we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, I humble myself this morning. I say, use me to your glory. Let my hearers be blessed. Let every ear that hears me be blessed. And let every eye that sees me be blessed. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory. And we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Say your loudest, Amen. Wonderful, you may be seated in the presence of God. Wow. How many of you are excited to be in the presence of God? I'm excited to be your preacher this morning. You missed a good place to put your hands together. This morning you are blessed with one of the finest preachers you can have on the face of the earth. And it's an honor to bring the word of God to you. Amen. Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful. And it affects our souls and our spirits. It goes into our hearts and our intents. The word of God is the thing that goes to the deepest, deepest parts of a human being. Kesa, see me after church. It's the, it's the word of God. It can go to even your intents. The word of God can reach it. Hallelujah. So may God's word affect you this morning. Amen. Amen. Now, from today... I'm going to begin to talk about a set of principles for life, amen, and for our Christian walk. Now, to enjoy your Christian life, you and I must know and understand certain principles or certain sets of principles that make our Christian life meaningful, that gives us a good and a rounded experience in our Christian life, amen. I'm going to talk about principles of salvation. I'm going to talk about principles of a great change. I'm going to talk about principles of a peculiar life. I'm going to talk about principles of a supernatural life. You will have a supernatural life. I'm going to talk about principles of spiritual growth. I'm going to talk about principles of fruitfulness. And I'm going to talk about principles of establishment. Yeah. Even the introduction alone, we can go home and be blessed. Because we can see already that, number one, God wants us to be saved. Number two, God wants, us, God wants a great change to happen in our lives. Number two, God wants us to have a peculiar life. A peculiar life is a special kind of life. Number four, God wants us to have a supernatural life. Number five, God wants us to have spiritual growth. Number six, God wants us to be fruitful. And number seven, God wants us to be established. I see you being established. Yeah. 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 See, yeah. 
Yeah, I see you being established. <laughs> now, your knowledge and understanding of these principles will help you to have a rounded Christian life, a deep knowledge, a deep understanding. Many people come to church, but they don't understand what Christianity is about. Now, when you don't understand these things, you cannot go far in your Christian life. So my prayer is that these next seven to eight weeks, Lebo, it's good to see you. These next seven to eight weeks that if God gives us the opportunity to go through these things, you and I will have a deeper, number one, knowledge. It means what you know will increase. Amen. I see you knowing more. And then our understanding. That's why we prayed in the beginning that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened so that we will know as see you knowing things so when we now understand these things better we will enjoy our christian life amen how many of you want to enjoy the christian life look when you are enjoying something nobody has to force you nobody has to encourage you nobody has to call you many of you when it's time to eat nobody comes to call you you are even there before the food comes because you are enjoying the food. Now, when you are not enjoying something, then somebody has to push you, drive you, chase you. Do you get it? I mean, for you, some of you to come to church, some people have had to do so much work like the police. I hear yesterday, Becky Taylor was here in our city. There was another gunshot, another shootout. And, and I mean, if Becky Taylor comes on the scene, then it's a serious case. I like that guy. He's rough, that guy. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, we are going to look at these principles and I want you to listen with rapt attention and all seriousness. If there's been any sermon I've preached which you don't want anybody to disturb you, this is the sermon. Say amen. I said this is the sermon. Because now your Christian, you see, when your Christian life is not established, so many of the scriptures that you go around quoting, no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. They all don't mean anything. I am above, I'm not beneath. They all don't mean anything. They are just words. It's like in Ziwacha, in Ziwacha, Kalalapanza, Kalapa, Umbilo, Umbilo, where's Amanzi, poor Amanzi, yes. That's it. Land is burning, land is burning. You get it. Uh-huh. So it's, there's no difference. Say amen. But from today, because of today's teachings, these things will begin to manifest in your life. Hallelujah. So because we are going to be talking about principles, I want to explain to you, number one, what is a principle? A principle is a revelation or a deep understanding of how something works. Amen. My son told me it's very difficult to get a picture of you. So that, now are you happy now? Glory be to God. Thank you, thank you. Now we can pray. Clap for Jesus. No, I want, you must learn how to have peace. Because when I go home, I go and meet these Amalekites. And they start to tell me, look, we are just trying to take only one picture of when we come here, you go here. When we come here, you go. Where, what, what do you want? So I said, no problem. Now I'm behind the stage. Thank you. We are done. Oh? Thank you very much. Somebody say amen. amen. Say another amen. <laughs> so I said a principle is a revelation or a deep understanding.
understanding, knowledge and understanding of how something works. Amen. Now, when you understand how something works, which is when you get the principle, then you can develop anything that you have. So, it is through principles that development comes. What do I mean? White men discovered a principle on how a bicycle can work. So, they made a bicycle. Then, from the principle of the bicycle, they made a wheelbarrow. Do you get it? With the same concept. Then, through that, they went on to make a car. Do you see? They developed to make a car. Another example. They made tracks. Then they use the same principle. Now because they know how it works, they use that to make tractors. Then from there, they made trams. Then from trams, they made trains. This is how God wants you to, your Christian life to develop. By understanding how Christianity works. I'll give you another example. Men learn how to fly, fly kites. You know kites? The one that would do them. Yeah. Then with that same principle, they developed the aeroplane. And with that same principle, they went on to develop rockets. That's how man has gone to the moon, to Mars, and all. It's all through. It's the same principle that graduates in that way. So when you understand and you get principles, your life will start to develop. Your Christian life will start to advance. That you are a baby, you will now become a child. And when you are a child, you become a mature Christian. Proverbs 4, 7, the Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. In all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, verse 8, and she will promote you. Promotion is lifting up. So, as you exalt wisdom and understanding, promotion will start to come into your life. You will start to advance and you will start to go for it. She will bring the honor when thou embrace her. When you don't fight wisdom and understanding, when you don't fight these principles, but you accept them and you work with them, the Bible says that it will bring you What does the next verse say? Just for the sake of reading the Bible. You see, we're reading the Bible. She shall give thy head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory shall she deliver. Many of us are trying to be beautiful with our filters and all these things. But wisdom will put a crown of glory upon you. Understanding it will put a crown of glory upon you, upon you. Have you not seen beautiful girls that are used for nothing but sex? They are beautiful, all right, but nobody really uses them for anything. So, I want to today, I want to talk about principles of salvation. I gave you the list from the beginning salvation, great change, peculiar life, spiritual growth, supernatural life, fruitfulness, and establishment. Do you get it? So today I want to start with principles of salvation. Principle, which is a deep revelation and understanding of how salvation works. 
Do you get it? Don't be there. The, everywhere, the selection of many words. That's how English, that's why English is nice. Do you get it? I'm sure Zulu is also like that. Do you see? But it's, it's like that. Say amen. So, principle, how salvation works. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, or 3, verse 2, one of them. The Bible says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that had him. So if we joke with salvation, you and I will not escape. The Bible says, how then can we escape? Wendy, how can you escape if you neglect salvation? So one of the first things and perhaps the most important things you should always look into is salvation. Amen. So what are the principles that govern salvation? Let us begin to roll. Principle number one. Man is a spirit. He has a soul. And he lives in a body. I say it again. Man is a spirit. He has a soul. And he lives in a body. So what am I saying? I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. Say with me. I am a spirit. Say it with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Good. Tulemon. What does Tulemon mean? Everybody is done also. Yeah, everybody. Two lemon. Man is a spirit. He has a soul. Hey, two lemon. You don't speak French. Everybody say it with me. Man is a spirit. I told you, if we don't understand the Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So if we don't give ourselves to it and understand how salvation works. We are in danger. Do you get it? So if there's any time you have to be active and aggressive about the word of God, it's right now. And I said, say with me, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Clap your hands for Jesus. Applaudisepu Jesu. Pastor Meli, am I right? Applaudisepu Jesu. Clap for Jesus. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Tuesday I started to speak French So today I'm continuing <laughs> Were you here when I said Pardon le moi mademoiselle <laughs> Yeah So I'm, I'm on it Okay Yeah Yeah ne? First Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 23 Man is a spirit He has a soul He lives in a body Paul says And the very God of peace Sanctify you wholly I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be placed blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So from this scripture, you and I see Paul says, I'm praying that the God of peace sanctifies you completely, wholly, totally. Then now he starts to break down 
what he, what the, the holy, the you that he's talking about, then he says that, I pray that, I pray God, your whole spirit, number one, your whole soul, number two, and your whole body, or your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So immediately you can see that a human being is broken down here into three components or three areas or three departments. Number one, spirit. Number two, soul. And number three, body. That's why I said man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. Amen. Now, what is your spirit? What is your spirit? What is your spirit? The Bible calls your spirit the inner man. Sometimes it calls it the, the, the spirit man. Okay? What is your spirit? Your spirit. I want to read a couple of scriptures. Before I even read Genesis chapter 2. Let us look at Hebrews chapter 12. Verse number 9. What is your spirit? 9, 12, 9. It says that. We have been in subjection or our earthly fathers gave us instructions and we obeyed. Will we not therefore be in Furthermore, we have had fathers of our, earth, of our flesh which, which corrected us and we gave them reverence. So shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? So it says that our earthly fathers, they have been giving you instructions and you have obeyed it. But is it not much better or is it not much more better that we rather obey instruction that comes from the father of spirits? So here, the Bible tells us that God is the father of spirit. You remember we read some, some years ago around during apartheid that God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. John 4, 24. Do you see? He said, God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we already know that as for God, he's a spirit. How many of you agree that God is a spirit? Good. Now from the scripture, back to our scripture. This is just by the way, just to get to the point. 9, 12, 9. It tells us that the same God we are talking about 12.9. He's, he's a spirit and he's also a father of spirits. So if we are children of God, what are we? I, I ask you again. This is why you don't pass exams. When they ask you a question, you have to answer. When you go to an exam, they ask you, you don't say anything. You will fail. I said, if God is, a, is our father, and we are his children. In, in, in Bible is telling us from this scripture we are read that God, his children are spirits. He's a father of spirits. His children are spirits. Then what are we? Seeing that we are his children. We are spirits. I had a senior in university. He used to be our prayer. When I went to first year, he was there. He was in charge of prayer. He was prayer basanta leader, prayer ministry leader. And this guy can pray. 
You know, sometimes you have an all night from 10 to 4 a.m. That's the church. But the prayer ministry, we have a prayer meeting from 6 to 10 in the evening Fridays. Do, do you get it? Uh-huh. So he will call us. We who are in the prayer, we will go and pray from 6 to 10. Then we'll come and join the church people for the all night from 10 to 4. Then when we finish the prayer, you say, oh, let us start done prayer from 4 to 7. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when there's a prayer meeting, you say, let's go and pray for the people who are coming to pray. So there's a two-hour prayer meeting. Then he will bring us to come and pray about two hours for the people who are coming to pray. Meanwhile, we are, we are the people who are coming to pray. <laughs> One day he saw me. Hey, why? One day he saw me. He said, some people think that I am a spirit. But I came to tell you that. It's okay. Let it be this way. I came to tell you that we are spirits. We are spirit. God is our father. And if God is a father of spirit, then you and I are spirits. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, which is a piece of scripture I want to read. Genesis chapter 2, I'm reading from verse number 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So when God made man in Genesis, man was lifeless. It was just, he just used F. F to make man. That's why when, 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 when God, God was punishing Adam and Eve, he said, dust thou art and dust thou shalt return. You were made out of dust. You will return to dust. That's why when you go to funerals, we say dust to dust, ashes to ashes. Earth to earth. Because that's where you are from. You are going back there. That's where I'm from. I'm going back there. But man was not a man. Until God breathed into his nostrils. The breath of life. Then man became. A living soul. God breathed his spirit. Into man. And his soul into man. Then man became. A living soul. Many of us look at ourselves and oh, say, this, is, this, is, this, this body is you. It's not you. It's just your house. You are actually inside the body. Now, when you don't get that, I say, an understanding, a principle is an understanding into how things work. When you do not know how it works, you will emphasize on the wrong things. And many of us get time to emphasize on our bodies at the neglect of the real you. Of the real you. Of the real you. Let me deal with your soul. First. Before we come to the body. I'm talking about the spirit. The soul. And the body. That's principle. Just principle number one of the principles of salvation. Your body. Your soul. Your spirit. I said, we are, you are a spirit. The Bible describes you as the hidden man. It's like you are hidden inside this body. How can it be that 90% of your time, you are working on just the body? Meanwhile, the real you is inside and neglected. 
So your soul. Your soul is that. So this Genesis 2-7, when God breathed into man, he put a spirit into man and he put a soul into man. Your soul is that part of you that feels. I feel cold. I feel good. It's your soul. It's not even your body. It's your soul. Hey, Pastor, but it's my body that feels cold. It's, no, no, it's your, it's your. That's why mad people don't feel cold. Because nothing tells, there's a short circuit. Nothing tells the mind that is cold. Even, do you know that when you do a surgery, an operation, and they give you anesthesia and those things, it's just to numb that part of your body so that that, body, that part cannot communicate with your mind, which is your soul, to tell you that as they are cutting you, it's painful. If your body was the one that was feeling the pain, you would just start to feel it. No, so they numb that part so that they can cut off. It's like they can short set, which is cut off communication between that part of your body that they are cutting and your brain, which is your soul. For your soul to realize that this thing is painful. Yeah. So your soul is the part that feels I feel hungry. I feel this. I feel that. I feel, I feel this. I feel this. That's where you feel from. And it's your also mind. Where you think from. That's how you're able to note. That's why you're able to even hear what I'm saying. I'm preaching to you. And process it. It's your soul that you are using to process it. So David said in Psalm 103 verse 2. Or verse 1. And he said bless the Lord oh my So Your soul is the part that you're able to use to bless God. When we come to church we are worshiping. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again. To hear you say I am your friend. You are singing with your lips. But the part that makes you connect with God. Is your soul. You are my desire. Nothing else. No one else will do. Because nothing else will take your place to feel the warmth of your embrace. Help me find the way. Bring me back. You're all I want. That, that when you sing that part, the feeling you get that, oh, God is really all I want. And you don't get that same feeling when you sing Galakata. It's your soul. Then some of you stuck. You're all I ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you. I need that, that thing that moves in your heart is your soul. So it says, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. It's your soul that feels sad. I think Psalm 45 verse 2, it says, my soul is grieved. Let me find it for you, just 42 verse 5. Why art thou cast down, oh my soul? It's your soul that can be depressed. It's your soul that is cast down, not your head, not your body. Your soul. Cast down. And many other things. We want to go for it. Then your body. I say you are a spirit. 
You have a soul. You have this soul that thinks, that feels depressed, that feels excited. He said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. It's your soul that you use to magnify the Lord. He said, live the Lord. So you have a soul. That's why you're able to magnify the Lord. Then you have a body you live you live in a body look picture yourself as like like the cell phone you know one day my my i, I said when i say one day say one day one day my my it was those days of iphone 4 i had an iphone 4 i was the g at that time so it fell down and the screen shattered and i thought the phone was poor so i went to see an indian man Always go and see an Indian man. So I went to see an Indian man. And I said to him, I don't think this phone can be fixed. And he said to me, you cannot kill an iPhone. I said, huh? He said, no, it cannot. It cannot it, you can't kill it. It can't die. I, I, I mean, look, I, I knew the phone was over. Then he said, just give me 15 minutes. Then he took a tiny screwdriver. Then he opened that thing. When he opened then he took the iPhone out of the shattered case. And he showed it to me. It was just some small something. Small. If the phone is this big, if the case is this big, the container, the housing is this big, the, the, the iPhone itself is very small like that. Small, just like a chip. Small. And he said to me, this is your phone. You can't kill it. We just put it in another container and your phone will start to work. I said, oh, you are lying because it cannot be that. All oh, this phone that I pressed, 0773723377, all these seven numbers, they are all in this small thing. I said, it can't be. Then he put it in another container. And when he put it, turn it on, it came. My pictures, my everything that was on the phone, they all came back again. They all came back again. I saw that that thing was just a body. First Corinthians 5. So the Bible says, do our earthly house of this tabernacle. First Corinthians 5 verse 1. It says, for we know if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, were broken, it's talking about your body and he calls it your earthly house. It doesn't call it you, it calls it your earthly house. You are busy in the gym doing ah, 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 just over your earthly house. You are dead, dead, dead developing your buttocks so that it can shake. So that when you pass in front of the people, the glutious Maximus can shake. Meanwhile, it's just your earthly house. Yeah. Sometimes they shake it more. Brothers, don't be deceived. That's not how it shakes by its, it shakes. It doesn't shake by itself. When it's there at home, it doesn't shake. When they see you, then they do shake, shake, shake. Shake the devil off. In the name of Jesus, shake the devil off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like when it's there, it will just be shaking. Boom, 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 boom. No, it's not true. (laughs) 
I go on. I don't have much time today. It says, if, if this earthly house, which is your body, were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So it says, this is our earthly body. It will be dissolved one day. Even right now when we are not dead, can't you see that your, your earthly house, this your body is dissolving? Can't you see? You are developing wrinkles. Well, by no fault of yours, it's not like you have sinned or you've done anything bad. As each day passes, it is dissolving. Yeah. It is spoiling. Something that used to be here, now it's here. Yeah. Now it's here. So, when you are even coming to go to town, you take a bag. Then you roll it. Then you put it in. Then you use a rope to hold it. And you pull it up. So that it can stand. Am I lying or am I not lying? Yeah. Yeah. Can't you see that it is dissolving? Yeah. I used to have a very flat stomach. I mean flat. A flat, 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 flat. Almost as though it was not there. But by no fault of mine. Suddenly that flat. When things go in. They don't want to come out again. They all go and find a hiding place in there. And decide that they are not coming out. So you'll be laughing at me. It's just a matter of time. It will happen. I was once like you. You will soon be like me. <laughs> Put your hands together for Jesus. Yeah. But a day is coming when this outward man will dissolve permanently. 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 But when it dissolves, God will give us another body. He will give your spirit. You see, that spirit and soul that God put in you, it doesn't die. So when your body dies, that spirit and soul will come out and God will give us a new body. He says, for we have a, a house not made of hands, eternal in the heavens. So that's why when Jesus died and he rose again, Mary Magdalene went to the garden and saw Jesus. She could recognize Jesus. Because he had, he had, she said, oh, it's a gardener. He looked like a, every normal human being. God had given him a new body. Let me show you in the Bible. Um, first, second Corinthians or first Corinthians. First Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15. Let's read a few Bible verses. 15, I'm looking for 39. 39, it says, all flesh is not the same flesh. So one day when you and I die, our spirit will come out and God will give us a new, a new body for your, your spirit to live in. It's, all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh, f one kind of flesh of man, another flesh of beast, another flesh, another of fishes, and another of birds. Next verse. There, there are also celestial bodies, which means heavenly bodies. 
If you don't understand, I've read it to you. It's Bible language. Celestial bodies, which means heavenly bodies, and bodies terrestrial. Yeah, when you go to school tomorrow, you talk to your teacher, you say, you know, we, 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 I'm dealing with celestial things and not terrestrial things. They are bodies celestial. And they are are also celestial bodies and both terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. So it says they are heavenly bodies and they are earthly bodies. Like There's this body and there's also a heavenly body that God will give us. Now, the glory of the earthly body is different from the glory of the heavenly body. Next verse. There is the glory of the sun and another, the glory of the moon and another, the glory of the stars and another. And for, the, for one star differeth from another star in glory. So he's talking about the glory of the body. And he's using the stars, the moon, to sh- let you know how much light they give up, which is glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead it is sown in corruption this your body is corrupt so it is sown in corruption but when it rises up it rises in incorruption it is sown next verse in dishonor and it it is raised in glory it is sown in weakness and it is raised in power it is sown a natural body and raised a spiritual body There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Natural body and spiritual body. So this is your body that you are so focused on, you are so fixated about. One day it will die and it will dissolve. But this new body that God will give you after, it cannot die. It cannot dissolve. It cannot be sick. It cannot be tired. It cannot be weak. It cannot break down. So this is your body. So the Bible tells us that man, he's a spirit. Yes, so I don't know if I have much time to go into all these things. But we can look at the story of Lazarus and the rich man, which will show us actually what it means. So Lazarus and the rich man, Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 16, we're reading from verse number 90. Luke 16, 90. Put it there so they can know it's from the Bible. The Bible says there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. And there was a a certain beggar named Lazarus, which laid at the gate, at his gates, full of sores. Verse 21. And desiring to be fed from the crown that fell from the rich man's table, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. So you see these two people in this, this account. We don't call it a story. We call it an account because it's a true thing that happened. A story, is, a story can be fictional. It can be something. It can be an imagination or something. But it's, it's an account. It's something that happened. Jesus, Jesus gave record of this thing that happened. That's why he mentioned the people's names. Yeah. When he tells a story, he doesn't mention anybody's name. When he gives an account, he mentions the people's name. So you see that both of them died. And they were buried. Verse 23. Bible says, as soon as the rich man was buried, as, if, as soon as uh, Lazarus died, 
Angels came to carry him into Abraham's room. That's why you and I must understand salvation, what it really means. When you are saved, when you die, angels come to carry your soul and your spirit into Abraham's room. But when you are not saved, when you are not born again, your, your, your body is buried. And look at where your spirit and your soul goes. That says, in hell, he, he lifts up his head, his eyes, and being in torment, and yet Father Abraham afar off. I thought we, his body was buried here. But he still had eyes. He still, he still could feel. He still could see. 24. And he cried and said, it means his mouth was there, his tongue, his teeth, because you can only cry with your mouth. Do you get it? Cry. This is not cry like tears. He cried as he, he shouted. Yeah, he hollered at Abraham and said, Yo, Abraham. Of course, he couldn't have said, Yo, he was in torment. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus so he could still recognize Lazarus, although Lazarus was dead. When you after when we die and we kind of give us, God gives us a new body, I will still look like me. I'm sure in heaven I'll have a line in my head. Oh, most definitely. I'm sure I'll still have a line in my head. If you are, you'll be, if you are, you also be. Amen. Because if you were to change dramatically, this rich man, he wouldn't have recognized Lazarus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So be happy how you are because that's how you are going to be. That he may dip the tip of his finger in water. So it means his hands were still there. His fingers were still there. And cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. Look, if you don't take your spirit seriously, when you die, God will confine your spirit and your soul in this place. Call hell. Yeah. That's why I said we must understand. He said, how can we escape if we neglect so great salvation? So pastor, what do we need to do? Since our soul and our spirit lives on, you need to develop your spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, it says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, Edified himself, builds himself up. But he that prophesied edifies the church. Man is a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. It's time to start working on your spirit. It's time. It's time. It's time. To work on your spirit. You work on your mind by going to school. You work on your body by bathing it, cleaning it, giving it medication, feeding it. It's time to work on your spirit because that's the real you. That's the real you. Principle number two of the principles of salvation. The spirit of an unsaved man is dead and desperately wicked. That's principle number two. When you are coming to church, bring something that you can write. Because all these things I'm saying, if I ask you the first one, you have already forgotten. Bring a Bible and a notebook. Bible, even if it's on your phone. It's just that when people are saying they are taking notes, they are actually checking their WhatsApp messages. Yeah. Yeah. 
Zenandi, the spirit of an unsaved man is dead and desperately wicked. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. Jeremiah chapter number 17 verse number 9. The Bible says the heart of the heart which is talking about an unsaved man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So here, the prophet Jeremiah tells us the state of a human being, his spirit, when he's not saved. Number one, it is dead. Number two, it is wicked. Why do we say it's dead? Why do we say it's wicked? I, explain, I answer these two questions and perhaps we close. Why is the spirit of an unsaved man dead? I answer it. Genesis chapter 2, the piece of scripture we just read. It says, from 7, it says, And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Which is what we call the nefesh. He breathed the nefesh into him, which is the spirit of the suchi. He breathed it into him and he became a living soul. Next verse. And the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant in the si- to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of knowledge of good, evil. So this is man. God has created him. He has put life into him. He's put his spirit into him. So man is alive. As, as at this point, man is alive. His spirit is in contact with God. It is saved. So how then did it become dead? 2.16 And the Lord commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but the tree that is But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou shalt eat of it, thou shalt surely die. So God said, every tree that is in the garden, you may eat it freely. But there's one tree called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Thou shalt not eat it. But the day you eat it, you will die. Surely you will die. There are are over 2,000 trees, fruit-bearing trees. God said you can eat all of them, only one. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. This is actually the tithe. This is where, when God created man, the first first thing he he established with them is the principle of the tithe. Principle of the tithe. Eat everything, just leave only this one. And that is the one thing the world fights against the most, the tithe. And of course, if the world fights against it, I will understand it. But church members, Christians, supposed Christians, even fight against this thing. Hey, but I went to work, I got my money, why should I give a, a, a 10% to God? Listen, God gave you life, gave you strength, gave you our natural abilities, which you are using to work. 
which you are using to work. Now, when he asks that, bring him 10% of what you are making to, to, to solve his own affairs. You, you say no. Look, this is so simple. Even taxi drivers understand this thing. Yeah, even taxi drivers understand this thing. Somebody buys a car for you, he says, go and work. The end of every day, bring me this amount of money. Or at the end of every week, bring me this amount of money. They go, they use, so that you begin to use his car. This body, this strength is God's body that he has given to you. Did you give yourself the body? So you begin to use his car to work. At the end of the day, you come and give him what is due him. Taxi drivers don't complain about it. Even taxi drivers understand this. But Christians do not understand that. When, when I go and I work, it, I, I am the one who work. But God is the one who gave me the strength, the energy, the breath to do the work. So I must come back and honor him. With this, we say no. Then we say no. No, 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 no. But let's come back to it. He says, if the day you eat it, you will surely die. You will die from that day if you eat this fruit. So Genesis 3, verse 1, enter the devil. Let's go. The devil enters the Bible in grand style. You know when you watch movies, sometimes there are some people, when they are coming, they are entering the movie for the first time. See, they play some background music for them. They are really, really bad. So they have to give them introduction. That's the devil. So I'm sure as they were telling Genesis chapter 3, they were playing Pana. Pam, Pana. Pana. Pam, Pana. Then the devil enters the Bible. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said ye shall not eat every tree of garden. There are some people, when you, they come into your life, destruction has entered into your life. Even in the church. Yeah. Even in the church. Oh, but she's a sister in the church. She has been singing the praise and worship. Demon possessed. but he's a very nice brother. He has been holding the offering basket. Fear him and live. <laughs> Danger is in your God. Avoid him. <laughs> and the woman said unto the serpent, we may freely eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Verse 3. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye shall die. So the woman explained to the devil, I'm explaining to you why we say the spirit of an unsaved man is dead. How it died. He said, God said we shouldn't eat it, we shouldn't touch it or else we will die. Now look at the devil, verse 4. The devil said, ah, and the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Ah, how can you believe such a lie from God that when you eat this thing, you will die? How can you? How can you be scared of such a simple thing? You will die. 
For God that know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be gods, knowing good and evil. So the devil said to the woman, look, God doesn't want your eye to open for you to know the truth. You will see this church, they don't want you to know the truth. They have some things that they have been doing. They have a snake in their pot, and they shake it. And uh, So he said to them, God is the one lying to you. The day you eat this thing, your eye will open. It will open like that. It will pop open. And you will know good and evil. Next verse. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, she did eat and she gave to her husband also. Of course, poor men. Women started to deceive men from the very beginning. And when you see the way women are, the way they are so beautiful, they are so delicate, they are so nice. As soon as they do their hair like this, oh, you have collapsed. You by the time you have signed a check, you have sold all your house, you have given it to her. It's not your fault. It happened to Adam, the first man on the earth. The woman came and she just did her hair like this. He said, eat Then she, he took it and he ate it. Poor man. Next verse, please. Now look at what. And the, the eyes of them both were open. And they knew that they were naked. I thought they said, he said they were going to become gods. Knowing good and evil. This is the good and evil they were going to know. They got to know that they were naked. Sometimes they sell you a lie and you swallow it hook, line, and sinker. And you go for it. And when after you have gone for it, you just realize that you are now alone. You are now alone. You are naked. You are you you are a free even clothes on your back. You don't have it. Yeah. And you say you say that the pastor he doesn't care about you anymore. And then you go and join a group. You start to move around. You become alone. Yeah. But meanwhile, you thought that oh, it will make your. Let us begin to pray for the church. Pray for the church. Pray for the pray for yourself. So you believe a lie, then you also you say that I don't care. Sometimes it's so amazing to me when I hear some of these ridiculous insinuations and speakings. But time will tell. You just wait and see. Let's follow the story and see where it ends. When Satan told them the lie and they believed, see where it ended them. And they saw fig trees for them. And then and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. You know, and Adam and his wife they hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees. Now your importance has become like one of the trees. Adam, after they had believed Satan's life, they were now, they now went to hide in the trees. When God came, he's looking for Adam and Eve. He can't find them. He sees a coconut tree. He sees something that he thinks is a coconut tree. Meanwhile, it's Adam. He, he's standing there like a coconut. He's down like that. He sees another one there. He thinks it's a mango tree. It's Eve. She says, oh, this mango tree has fruit. Meanwhile, it's Eve's breast that are hanging there. He says, it's a mango tree. Yeah. And the Lord called out unto Adam and said, where are thou? Verse 10. 
And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid. Immediately fear entered into the system. Now you are afraid. The things you could do freely, you can't do anymore. Everything you are afraid. Uh, am I saying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? If I say this, those, I see people apologizing to me about things which I don't care about. I really do. It doesn't make any difference to me. So, please, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for shaking my head when you were preaching. I'm sorry for... Why, why do you have to even apologize for shaking your head? Is it not your head? But now fear, because of the sin that has entered into man, now fear has entered into man. So, you, you have to say sorry for your teeth. Say sorry for your tongue. Say sorry for your throat. Say sorry for your sofa gods. Say sorry for your smaller intestines. Say sorry for your larger intestines. I was naked and I hid myself. They have asked you a question about your location. You are talking about, where are you? You are talking about your clothes. It's how people fail exams. And the Lord said, who told you you were naked? And the story goes on. If I'm going to read all, I won't finish. I have only six minutes. I want to, I want to do principle number three. And the Lord said unto the woman, Okay, and he said, where is it? And the woman said, okay, good. And the Lord called unto Adam and he said, zo, 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 zo. who told thee that you were naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shalt not eat? And the man said, it is the woman. So you now start to blame everybody. It is this person. No, it is this person. It is this. Meanwhile, you ate it. It is the woman who thou gavest to me. And he said unto the woman, And she gave me and I did it. And the Lord said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? Do you understand what you have done? What it truly means? What is this that thou hast done? Do you really understand it? Many people don't know the implications of their actions. They don't know. So they just, anything you just swallow, then boom, you also go on that line. Uh, but uh, let us feel free. Let us feel free to do what we want to do. Let us feel free to do what the, the implication of it. God said, do you know what you have done? Do you understand what you have done? That's why I said, a deep understanding to how things work will help you when it comes to your salvation. It says, and the serpent beguiled me and I did it. No problem. 23. After this discussion, look at the decision God took. It says, therefore, 23, the Lord sent him forth from the garden, sacked him from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Go and find your own food from today. So he drove them out, or he drove out the man and placed on the east of the garden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way, keep them away from the tree of life. So from that day when they ate the fruit, God said you would die and the death God was referring to is that you will no longer have constant communication with me. You will not have my presence. I will not be with you anymore. You will be alone. So from that day, God drove them out of his presence. That day man died and man stopped to have God, G-O-D, God on demand. 
where it ended. Yeah. Before Adam will be in the garden, then God will come in the cool of day, the day. Then he say, Adam, the Adam say, Hey God, how are you? It's good to see you. Then Adam will say, Hey, God will ask Adam, what were you doing? So, oh God, you have no idea. I went over the river Euphrates, and when I went there, I saw a new animal I've not seen before. I didn't know that you put this animal there. So when I saw the way it was, I named it Rhinoceros. I said, Wow, what an animal. Then even on my way, I saw another animal. He was jumping, jumping over. So I named it Antelope. Then God said, wow, you have exotic names. Wow. If you watch Rambo 2, when they captured Rambo, they put on their radio. Then they had some, one of their commanders say, broadsword calling Danny boy over. Then the Russian guy called Lashminov, who had captured him, when he listened to the communication, when he looked into the names, broadsword calling Danny boy, he said, wow, colorful names. <laughs> so God said to Adam, colorful names. It's like you have given the animals colorful names, rhinoceros, butterfly, buffalo, wow. Zebra, antelope, alligator. Wow, nice name. Crocodile. God said, colorful names. That was the excited. Then when I came back, I saw my wife. She was looking so beautiful. So I came to fellowship with her for some time. That was his life. But from that day when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God drove them from his presence. That day, the heart of man died. And no longer had the presence of God. Why do we say this will be even long, but let me read it. We are in church. Ten minutes, I'm done. Make sure I'm done. Why do we say the heart of an unsaved man is desperately wicked? Why do we say that it's wicked? I go on. Romans chapter 1. I'm reading from 18 to 31. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous men. Unrighteousness of men. Who hold the truth of unri- the truth in unrighteousness because because that which may know God is because that which may know God is manifest in them for God has shown it unto men the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things which are made even His eternal power and Godhead so that. They that are without, so that they are without excuse, because that now is coming. He says, so he says, the whole world, everything in nature testifies about God. You can't say that nobody came to talk to me about God, so I don't know that God exists. Where do you think the wind comes from? Where do you think the sun comes from? The mountains, all the things that are in the world, how do you think they appear? So the Bible says, the things that are invisible that we cannot see, they are made clear to us by the things we can see around. By the things we can see around. But the Bible says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not, neither were thankful, and became vain, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish hearts were darkened. These are people who don't God. Next verse. Please roll with me. We have to finish quickly. Oh. Professing themselves to be wise, they became foolish. 
23. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into, into an image made like corruptible man and birds and so on and creeping things. 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the last of their own heart to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. That's why people sleep around like dogs, like animals. Yeah. I mean, you alone, you have slept with 93 boys in 23 years. That's not how God designed it. But the reason why I say that, God gave them up to the last of their hearts, to honor their bodies, 25, between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever? Amen. 26. For this cause, God also gave them unto vile affections. Because they did not believe in God, he gave them up unto vile affections, which is wild affections. That's why you love things you can get. I love things that don't belong to you. You see a beautiful girl who can get her own man, her own husband, is chasing somebody's husband, which she cannot get. Vile affections. For even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. For political reasons, I can't go into this one. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of a woman. A man is supposed to like a woman. But they left the natural use of a woman. Bend in their last one towards another. Men with men. Working that which is unseemly. And receiving in themselves that recompense of their error. Which was meat. 28. Even, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate, a mind that is corrupt, a mind that is destroyed. That's why only evil they can think about. A reprobate, a condemned, a destroyed mind to do those things which are not convenient. 29. Being filled with unrighteousness, fornication. This is why we say the spirit of an unsaved man is wicked. He's filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers. Daddy. Backbiters, haters of God, this proud boasters inventors of evil things disobedient to parents without understanding covenant breakers without natural affection implacable and unmerciful this is the natural state of somebody who is not saved because you don't have God now, because this is your natural, I said, make sure I close, okay? Because this is your natural state of a spirit and a soul that is not saved. God, when you die, God cannot allow your spirit to be moving on the face of the earth 
and just moving around. So God puts your spirit and your soul under lockdown and puts it under quarantine in a place called hell. Because imagine if God were to leave all these wicked people roaming about like, if he, we say like God is to leave, let's say Osama bin Laden, his spirit is just roaming around all over the earth. Then we are doing praise and worship. Then he comes into that, his spirit comes into that. Then he enters into one of you. As we are singing, the church will just go kaboom and will blast. Yeah. So because God also is not a fool, he created a special place to keep such wicked spirits and wicked souls and wicked souls and two two good two so he put such wicked people in that place so that they can be god brought lockdown long ago before the government thought that they should put us under quarantine and under lockdown god introduced lockdown many years ago and this is where the rich man in the story that we the the account that we read he got put him under lockdown he wanted somebody to come and help him abraham told him between us and you it's a great god fixed god has put a barrier and a lock such that nobody from here can come there and nobody from there can come here there will be no escape enough. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you will think, oh, if Michael Schofield is to go to hell, he will break out of hell. There will be no escape in hell. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we should take these things seriously. So that your friend, who you are not talking to about Jesus, and is an unbeliever, when he dies, you won't see him again. The next time you will see him will be in hell. He cannot escape. Bible says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? This is the time for us to receive salvation and to pass salvation on to other people. Or else we will die in our natural state and we will go to hell. God will put us under lockdown. So pastor, how can somebody now know God. Somebody who is this state, who, whose heart, who is like this. His spirit is dead. His spirit is full of wickedness. How shall he know God? I tell you this one and then I close. God has to give you a new spirit. He has to give you a new spirit. Ezekiel 36. We are reading 25, 26 and 27. Ezekiel 36. We close with this one. Next week, God willing, we continue. Decide you won't miss any of these services because God is saving your life. Joy. Are you with me? Good. Let's roll. Let's roll. 25. 36-25. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Will I cleanse you? 26. It says, a new heart will I give you. And a new spirit will I give you. And I will take out the stony heart out of your flesh. How, how many of you can already see this is why the unsaved man cannot obey God. His heart is stony. The Bible calls his heart a stony heart, a stubborn heart, a hardened heart. This is what we call rigor mortis or rigor mortis. Depending on which high school 
you went to. Rigor mortis. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the body. It's hard. It, says, it is hard. It, it is irresponsive. It doesn't. Re- Sometimes you are in a relationship with somebody. The person is so hard and hard. It does not respond to anything. He says, I love you. So praise the Lord. I miss you. Yes. Hardened person. So, the Bible tells us that when somebody is not saved, the person's heart is, heart is a heart of stone and it's strong and it's hard. So, God has to take out that heart and put in a new heart and a new spirit into your flesh. 27 says what? 27 says what? And I will put my spirit into you and call you to walk in in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. So it is from this point that you now receive the ability to do what God wants you to do when he put a new spirit into you. But with your old heart, which died in Genesis chapter 2, chapter 3, you cannot obey God. So the Bible says that if a man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So this is actually what we call the salvation process where God now takes you and takes out that stony heart, that wicked heart, that heart that is dead. He takes it out of you and he puts a new spirit and a new heart into you so that now you can be responsive to God. That's the salvation process. That's why salvation is the most important thing. That's why salvation is the most important thing. So that we can obey God. Without that, you cannot walk with God. You cannot. So those of you who are still struggling to obey God, perhaps you are not born again. You are not truly born again. So the only way God can bring us back into his presence is through his salvation. Taking out your heart of stone putting a fresh heart into you. So God, Jesus said to Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto you, John chapter 3, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He cannot come into the presence of God. And Nicodemus said unto him, can a man be born when he's old? And Jesus said unto him, I am not talking about, can he, he said, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered and said, verily, verily, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. I came to tell you tonight, if you, this, this morning, if you want to be reunited with God again, don't be surprised that I'm telling you, you must be born again. You, you, and especially you, must be born again. You must be born again. You can't joke with your salvation anymore. You can't joke. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can't come into the presence of God. God put an angel with flaming sword to tell Adam and Eve back if they try to come to the garden. So when you are not born, you try to come to God. There's an angel, a cherubim with a sword to drive you away. Yeah. Until you surrender your life to Jesus to become born again. Then now, 
you can come into the presence of God. Yeah. Church of God, from this place, when you become born again, then it leads us to principle number three. The spirit of a saved man is righteous and truly holy. Next week, God willing, I'll go into it. Into your feet. Let us say a word of prayer. Lift your hands wherever you are and just ask God for mercy. Just ask him for mercy. I close. Ask him for mercy right now. Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Pray for mercy. I want us to pray for mercy first. But pray for mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Lay pakosi pakayala. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now look at me. You are here this morning, this afternoon. You want to say, Pastor, as I heard you preach, my heart was beating. I am not sure whether I'm saved or not. If you are not saved, God has a lockdown. He's going to put you there. No matter how much you cry, a rich man cried. God still kept him there. Today, you have an opportunity to escape this eternal judgment and condemnation so that when you die, you will make it to heaven. Because die, you shall die. For the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die. And after that judgment, as for dying, we are all destined to die. That's the end of everybody. Death. But that day when you die, that your spirit will be raptured and your soul will be raptured into a heavenly body that will go to heaven. For that to happen when you die, you must be born again. You must welcome Jesus into your heart to do that surgery, that transformation of removing your heart of stone and putting a heart of flesh inside of you. Do you get it? Today, you must make that decision. Today, You can't joke with it anymore. You must, salvation is not being part of a church. I used to go to light up. You say, Mr. Mr. Jesus, I was going to light up. It doesn't even matter at all. It's making sure that Jesus has come into your life, into your heart to be the Lord of your and publicly confessing it. That's, that's the salvation process. So that God will replace your heart and give you a heart that knows him. You are here like that. You, say, you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want Jesus to come into my heart. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I want Jesus to come. I've been coming to church for some time, but I think the games must end today. I want Jesus to come into my heart so that one day when I die, I will go to heaven. I will not go into this quarantine lockdown in hell. If you are here like that, I want you to raise in the private, every eye closed. Young girl, close your eyes. Every eye closed. Close your eyes where now. Pastor, please pray with me. You are here. You want to ask me to pray with you. Close your eyes, my dear. I'm watching you. 
Lift up your right hand in the privacy of your seat. Lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Pastor, I don't want to go to hell when I die. I don't, I don't want God to put me under lockdown. Please lift up right hand. I want to pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. Pray. Lift up your right hand. Lift it high above your head. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Today, God is giving you a chance to escape. To escape. If you are here like that, you have lifted up your hand. Come to me. I'll pray with you. Lifted up your hand. Come to me. I'll pray with you. Come, my dear. Come to me. Come to me. I'll pray with you. Rasta, come to me. I'll pray with you. Don't be afraid. Come. You are saving yourself from going to hell. I'll pray with you. You are saving yourself from going to hell. I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today just as I am. I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Father, thank you for these ones. Bless them. Keep them. Use them. You see that lady over there? Hello? What's your name? Dando? Siabonga. Chico. You are Chico. Nice one. Chico, you see that pretty lady over there? She got something for you. Okay? So go see her. What's your name, sweetie? Mabongile. Something like that. I'll learn it later. Okay? She has something for, for you. Just go see her quickly. And then you will come back to your seat. Okay? God bless you. Clap your hands for them. Clap your hands for them. Put your hands for them. Yeah, put your hands together for them. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.